put our hands together. We worship a great God. Amen.
Come on, somebody give him some praise this morning. We serve a good God, amen? We serve a good God. But as we continue to worship this morning, hey, I just encourage you, let your heart connect with the Father this morning. As we build our praise, we believe he'll inhabit it, amen? So just continue as we worship to love on him this morning. He's worthy.
give Jesus a big hand this morning. The Lord Jesus Christ, come on, a big hand for the Lord Jesus, worthy, worthy of our praise. Come on, let's bless him. Lord, we just want to lift our hearts and hands to heaven and just say, we love you. Why don't you just say that out loud? Say, Lord, I love you. I love you. I love you. You first loved me, but I want to love you back. And Lord, I want to do what the great commandment says. I want to love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Welcome today. I want you to just give permission for God to shape you and mold you. It's like a potter takes a piece of clay and he makes it into a, a beautiful vessel. Welcome today, Lord. Lord. We don't want to fight you. We don't want to resist you. We don't want your will to be among many options in our life. We just want to hear your voice and say yes. In Jesus' name. Hey, we're going to keep worshiping the Lord this morning. So real glad you're here. We want to take a special time to pray for you right in the midst of worship. It just seems like our hearts are open. It seems like the presence of the Lord is in our midst. And we'll pray about anything you may have need of today. Struggles, problems, needs. How I many know God knows all about it? He knew about it when we woke up, knew about it when we walked through the door. But if something powerful happens when two people come and pray. And we'd be honored to pray with you today. One thing in particular, I felt the Lord spoke to me yesterday as I was seeking God about our, our, our prayer time today. I was outside. I was working in my yard. It was a beautiful day, 70 degrees. But I'm thinking, it's January 30th. And something just didn't seem right. Let me understand what I'm talking about. Well, spiritual application. Maybe you're in, uh, uh, something's going on in your life, and it just doesn't feel right, but you don't know what to do. You're in a relationship, you can't put your finger on it, but something's just not right. And there's things that are going, how many know God always knows what we need to do? God has the ability to sort things out if we'll just come to Him. And maybe you're in a situation like that and you're just seeking God's will because you don't know what to do. I think it'd be real proper to come and just let someone pray for you to help find the will of God and know what and when to do it. So we're going to keep worshiping the Lord this morning. Our prayer team is coming forwards. And if you need prayer for anything, just slip out of your chair. Oh Lord, oh, did it get all our fathers saw in the days of Would you do it again? Would you do it again? All the stories told, all the miracles, would you do it again, would you do it again?
Before we move on this morning, could you just slip your hands to heaven and tell him, Lord, we need you more. God, we need a move of your spirit. God, we need an awakening, a revival, God, as we've been singing about, God. We need for your power, your presence, Lord, to dwell, Lord, not only in this church, but in our city, in our state, in our nation, God. There would be an awakening of your people, God. They would rise up, Lord, because of a stirring in their spirit because of you, Jesus. Oh, we need 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 you, Lord. We praise Jesus. We trust in you, Lord. 
Say Jesus, 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 how I trust Him, how I prove Him over and over. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh for grace. To trust him more. Isn't it good to know this morning that we can trust in Jesus? Amen. Come on, somebody give him a real hand clap of praise. We bless your name, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. You're worthy, Jesus. Why don't you turn around to two or three people this morning and tell them how happy you are to see you in the house of the Lord? Jesus. Welcome to Church on the Rock. We're so happy you're here worshiping with us today. In the chair back in front of you, we have a lot of information about our church. Our inside look lets you know everything about who we are and what we believe in. Our ministry guide gives you plenty of ways to get connected through classes, small groups, and outreach opportunities. If you are a first-time guest, please fill out the white card in the seat back in front of you, drop it in the offering, or you can take it across the hall to the Connect Room where you will receive a free gift bag. Don't forget about our coffee bar and snacks between Sunday services in the Connect Cafe.
so glad you're here, and we hope you know that there's always a place for you at Church on the Rock. Here's what's happening at Church on the Rock. Our new ministry guides are in, and life groups begin February 3rd. They will be meeting all over the city. With a variety of groups ranging from carpentry to crochet, you can find the group that is perfect for you. This weekend in the foyer, you can pick up your tithing statements, sign up your child for Kids Zone Camp at Dry Gulch, and you can register to vote. I want you to know you were created by love to love. You were created by one to be one. That's who you are. It's not the lucky few that succeed in marriage. All of us can succeed in marriage. Doesn't matter what your past is about. Your future is about God. And anything is possible. If what we have found is in the good times and the bad times, God is greater than any issue that we'll ever face. You don't have a 50-50 chance. You have a 100% chance if you do it God's way. I've been there, and I know how hopeless it feels. And in spite of us, He made something good out of it. He can do that with anybody. Right. This is about helping us to have a better future and helping us to build a family that will last. The journey of life can be difficult and confusing. Here at Church on the Rock, we want to help make your journey clear by connecting you to God, friends, ministry, and the world. We offer four classes on Wednesday nights to help you grow and stay on course in your walk with God. Our Connect class is for anyone new to the church or anyone wanting to get more involved. It's a four-week class to help you learn about the church, get connected to God, and learn about your spiritual gifts. The Spirit-Filled Life four-week class will teach you how real friendship with the Holy Spirit can change your life. The four-week freedom class is designed to help you resolve conflict, break bondages, and renew your mind. The Becoming a Person of Influence class will teach you principles of leadership that you can apply in ministry, business, and your home. Between our Connect Spirit-Filled Life freedom and becoming a person of influence classes there is a wednesday night class for everyone well tell your neighbor there's a class for you or a life group for you we are just kicking off the semester and we're really glad you're here brand new ministry guide in the back of your chair let me encourage you to take one of those it's got all the adults on one side activities classes groups and all the kids on another but uh this wednesday night is kind of the kickoff for that and we sure want you to be a part hey, i want to make a special appeal if you're new in our church we have what we call the connect class it's one of those wednesday night classes it starts at 6 30 but it's an orientation to the church i do a part of it it's kind of a way to get connected to find two things number one do i want to be a part of church on the rock and number two uh, how do I get involved? And I sure hope you'll come this Wednesday, 6.30. And if you want a little information or reminder, you can go across the hall right after service and we'll help you with that. Amen. And I wanted to mention a couple of ways that you can help support our mission groups that are going this February to three different countries. We're going to Thailand, to Rwanda, 
and to India. Out in the foyer, we have a bake sale helping the team that's going to Thailand pick up some goodies, yummy goodies. Also, there's a giving tree that you can, for Valentine's Day, sponsor a gift that would go to the people there in India or Rwanda. And um, that's what you would give that heart to your Valentine saying, I bought a goat or I bought for someone in need. Anyways, we hope you'll support us. Yeah. Hey, um, if you're concerned about America, I mean, one of the ways that we can participate and rightfully should as a Christian in our society is by voting. And I understand so much of it is repulsive. There's no Christian party, but yet we need to have a voice, and you can't have a voice if you don't vote. So if you're not registered, this is the last opportunity. We'd love to help you. Uh, there's, uh, the ushers will be coming down the aisles. We've got cards for Texas and Arkansas, and uh, you can fill it out and uh, drop it off at the table in the lobby. So if you're from Texas, when I can just lift your hand. If you need a card, they'll give you one. And if you want one from Texas, do tea. And if you want one from Arkansas, do that. And uh, they'll make sure they get you the right one. So lift your hand, and we'll make sure we get you registered. Hey, what's coming up next Sunday? What are we doing different? Next Sunday, we are doing a shift in our time. We have a little bit of a problem. The halls get congested, the, the cafe, the going up and down the stairs to Kid Zone. And we're going to start our second service at 11 o'clock. Everyone say 11 o'clock. So you can get here at 1045 and come on in and pray. But at 11 o'clock, we will be shifting our service to start at 11, still the same time getting out. Well, we won't get out at the same time, but the same length of service. So we'll be out by 1215. But we want to encourage you. If you think 11's too late, come at 9 o'clock. We need to fill up the 9 o'clock service and make room for more visitors in our 11 o'clock service. So that starts next Sunday. Help us out on the time. Some of us are having withdrawals. Duck season ends today. <laughs> so 11. So that's 10 fingers plus one more. Yes. I need a finger. Oh, oh, oh sorry. 11. 11. Start next Sunday. Now listen. Starting next Sunday. First service will still be at 9. Yeah, yeah. And Saturday night is great at 6. Thank you. And for those of you that are fashionably late on Sunday morning, you just do the same thing. Just just same thing, and you'll be right on time. But again, the reason we're doing that is just too crowded between the services. It'll help us with the transition of kids and, and loosen up some space in the cafe a little bit. Amen. What else is happening next week? It is Super Bowl Sunday, oh, jeans yes, and jerseys. Yes, yes. And we're starting a new series called? Called um, What's Inside? Yes, that's yes. it. Oh, What's inside? It's about character. I get some brownie points. It's about character and values, yeah. and I'll help you with yours after church. <laughs> it's my first wife. Hey, we're really glad you're here today, and uh, I know God's going to do something special in your heart today. What a worship just good today. I mean, just wonder. I worship's always good. Come on, let's thank these guys that are so faithful and helping us with the worship and the technology and, 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 and all that's done. We really appreciate your dedication. I tried for years to be a part of the worship team, and they won't let me. But I'll talk about that at another day, another service. Hey, we're going to continue our worship this morning with our morning offering. And I just want to say thank you for giving to the Lord. You know, giving obviously helps the local church do what it does. But you know what? Giving helps me. If I could just be honest a minute. Giving helps me be a better person because it helps me be a giver rather than stingy. It helps me put God first because if I'm, I never, and I'll be honest, I never have enough money no matter how much I have. I never have enough to do everything I want. And it's just so easy to squeeze God out. Anybody else feel like that? Yeah, it is. So what I do when I, when I get paid, first thing I do is I honor God with his tithe. 
I write it. I don't care if it's Monday or Tuesday. I don't come to church till Sunday. But I honor God with his tithe. It helps me to put him first. So I'm just not looking at John Miller all the time. So I'm looking at the Lord and his kingdom and other people. And I just want to say thanks for what you do. Hey, we had some neat things happen this week I want to celebrate with you. Uh, you know, for about six months, we've been talking about uh, the city council asking you to pray that they would approve our sign. Well, great news. They're going to put up a picture. They approved it this week. So... It's a, it's a, it, the bottom part's two-sided, and it's a, uh, it's a big LED like a TV screen, real high resolution, 9 foot by 16 feet. So uh, we may watch the Super Bowl in front of it if it was up, but it, it, it'll take about 60 days to, to get, get in gear there. But hey, look, speaking to 40,000 people a day, just like God can touch people in a church service, let me know there may be someone that just feels like the Lord wants us to put up something about suicide on the sign. and Someone's going to commit themselves. Listen, I've talked to Christians. I had a friend of mine, a good friend one time, and he said he was in a low part of his life, and he was driving down the interstate looking for a big pillar that he could just run his car into and end his life. Wouldn't it be amazing if God could speak to somebody just as they were driving? Well, see, you're, and the good thing is, it's paid for through your giving. And another great thing that happened this week, you remember we have been for several years now realizing just kind of tied around the edges and wanting to enlarge what we're doing here. Uh, about a year and a half ago, we did this stage and uh, we borrowed some money to do that. Well, this week we were able to write a check to pay that off for $84,000. And that was just your tithing that we saved up last fall and just kind of accrued it so we could, uh, we could pay that off. We paid that off. The signs paid off. And now we're believing God to be able to help us expand that two-story L out there. And uh, more classes just open up the building a little bit. But uh, this week we broke through the $400,000 mark on that. That's our Imagine More. So that's a lot of money. It'll be $3 million, and we're not going to go in any kind of crazy debt. So I just want to say thank you for giving and supporting. Because here's what all this does. It's all about people. That sign, it's about reaching people. You know, what we do when we're debt-free, we can reach more people. What we do with a larger facility, guess what? We reach more people. And I just want to say thanks for giving. Hey, uh, I want to also welcome a friend of mine. I'm going to go ahead and introduce him now. We have a guest speaker today. Pastor David Canastracy has an earned doctorate. He uh, has been our friend, my Linnell and I, for woo, 35 years, her whole life. It's David, he is his, uh, Linnell's cousin, by the way. And we grew up in ministry together. For those that don't know, I was in California for about 10 years, felt the call to ministry. And uh, David and I and, and, and another young man shared the, uh, an apartment garage of our pastor. And uh, we just lived in there. We were just serving God and loving God. And uh, he has gone on to do some amazing things. He's, uh, when you see Linnell's dad, uh, Apostle Candace Tracy, come, well, David's a guy that's pastoring the church there, doing amazing things in the Bay Area. But uh, I know he's going to bless you today. Let's go ahead and worship the Lord as the ushers come. Thousand stories of what they think you like over but I can't pretend to whisper the lie in the dead of night on you tell me
worshiping the Lord, I want you to lift your hands. Feel the presence of the Lord very strongly in this place. Somebody here has painful swelling in your hands, like an arthritic condition in your hands. Somebody else has a, you have back pain, low back pain. You've got it down here right almost to the hip level. Somebody has painful swelling in your body. Somewhere there's a almost like an edema, like a, like a water retention that's causing pain. I'm going to pray, and the Holy Spirit's just going to touch. If you need a healing in this room, just allow God to touch you right now. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, and Lord, we're including glaucoma in that, somebody battling with glaucoma in their, in their vision, in their sight. Lord, we just thank you for your mighty power in this room, Lord, right now that nothing is impossible for you. And Lord, you're a good, good Father. You are a God of healing and you are a God of grace, Lord. Thank you, Lord, right now for all painful swelling, for the hands, Lord God, for the small of our back, Lord. Lord, a supernatural touch in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for healing psoriasis. Thank you for clearing our skin, Lord, right now. And Lord, we praise you and we honor you for doing great things in this room here today. Lord, we're here for our faith to get stronger. We're here to know you better and to know you more, Lord, and to love each other more. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us and give us exactly the words that we need from you, Lord. Just break a piece of bread off for every hungry heart, Lord. Give us exactly what we need. And we receive it now in the name of Jesus. If you believe God is a good, good father, would you just give him a hand this morning? Thank you, worship team. Oh, praise the Lord. You can be seated. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you. What a pleasure to make my first trip to Texarkana, Texas. And by the way, you are welcome because this California boy brought some sunshine with him. Did you notice? I just thought I would warm it up a little bit here. You're welcome. You're welcome. And it's just a joy, a special joy uh, to be here with you. I'm so glad we could be together, especially with my beautiful cousin, Linnell, and her fantastic husband, John, who I've known for so many, many years. And I have to say that you guys are a blessed, blessed church. First of all, because when I walked on this campus, I could feel love and I could feel the energy of the Holy Spirit and friendliness and you know, it's exactly this kind of an atmosphere where God does miracles and anything can happen. And I thought, well, today's going to be a good day. This is a great church. But also because you have pastors that love you very much. They love God and they put him first in their life. They love world missions. They love prayer. They love people. They're believing for revival. They love their country. Uh, the right kind of messages, the right kind of teaching, the right kind of example are in this house. And, you know, when you go to a restaurant or you're on an airline or you go to a hotel or, or you just drive down a nice street, those things don't just happen by themselves. If you have a good meal, there's a reason. 
because somebody worked very hard and there was good management. If your flight was on time and the plane was clean and, and you got where you were going, it's because there was good leadership and good management involved. When I walk into a church like this where I sense there's safety and health and life, well, then I say, well, I know we give the glory to God, but I can tell you that you have good leaders and good managers here. And I think you ought to give it up for your pastors and your elders and your staff. And you ought to thank God for them. Those things don't just happen automatically. It's a result of hard work and intention. And I have found that uh, sometimes we're quick to give the glory to God, but we're, we're quick to give the blame to our leaders when something goes wrong. And, you know, my wife said to me one time, she said, you know, don't worry about taking credit for things. You're always giving, you're always passing it off like you didn't have a part of it. She said, you can be sure if something was going wrong, you'd be the first one they would blame. So she said, when it's your birthday or when the church honors you or something like that, go ahead and just receive it as a, as a, as a point of honor. And I thought, Lord, that's, that's correct. That's right. So thank God for good leaders and good pastors. You are a blessed, blessed people. A little bit about me. My story is, uh, is a happy story. Uh, I was raised in a Christian home, but I didn't really have a great experience with God until I was 14 years old, and a man named Emmanuel Canastracy was hosting a youth camp, and I was invited to go, and there I learned that God was a good, good father. And I learned in my relationship, here's what, here's what broke me. As a rebellious teenager, it broke me when I heard this message. Your relationship with your father, your natural father, is a mirror image of your relationship with God. That broke me because I was hiding from my father. I wasn't honest with my father. I was afraid of my father. And suddenly I realized that I wasn't in relationship with God. And I turned my life over to the Lord. And this time, as I had answered altar calls before in Sunday school or whatever, you know, you feel God touching you in church. But this time I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And I will tell you that it was the infilling of the Holy Spirit. My experience with the Holy Spirit is what really changed my life. Receiving Christ and coming to faith was almost uh, a part of my experience, but it was when I met the Holy Spirit and began to experience His power and His reality in my life that that is really what changed my life. And I wanted more than anything from that time on for God just to use me. I saw people prophesying the Word of God and and uh, being used by the Lord, and I thought, wow, that is just, that, that's, that's the ultimate. I can't ever remember a time from that time until this day that I didn't want God to use my life to help other people. And that's why I'm here. My wife feels the same way about it. She's at home with our congregation in San Jose, California. She's at home with my two beautiful sons, my two beautiful daughter-in-loves, we call them, daughter-in-loves, and my three grandchildren, that are the sun, the moon, and the stars in my life, the center of my world. And I'm sorry if you have grandchildren, but let's just be honest, mine are better. I just, I just, I just want to establish that from the beginning. No, we, every grandparent knows exactly what I'm talking about. It is, and, I, and the people said, and the grandmas said, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, but my story is really this, is, is a happy story of coming to Christ as a teenager in what, in what can only be called a revival. There was a move of the Holy Spirit back in the 70s where young people were coming to the Lord. Was anyone here a part of the Jesus movement? And so thousands of young people were being baptized in the oceans, and it was a real true move of the Holy Spirit in our generation. And it wasn't the attractiveness of the church. 
And it wasn't the culture of the church and all these things you hear about and atmosphere and all that. It was just, uh, it was just God. And, and God moved. And you know what? I believe God wants to move again. I believe God wants to raise up and touch a whole generation, and we need the power of the Holy Spirit in order to experience that. And so I want to talk to us this morning, if I could, just for a few minutes, out of Ezekiel chapter 37, and the, the title of my message this morning is Prophesy to Your Broken Places. Turn to the person next to you and just tell them that right now. Would you tell them prophesy to your broken places? Do that right now. Because many people are living in broken circumstances. It's great when we succeed. It's great when everything goes right. It's great when life is smooth and your children obey and your wife loves you and your husband respects you and the car doesn't break. It's great when your boss tells you you're doing a good job. But for most of us, there is another side to the coin. There are broken places in our lives. There are broken things in our world. Our nation is a broken nation in many ways. Our cities are broken cities. This generation is a, is a broken generation in many ways. Families are broken. But God is able to fix broken things. So I'm not discouraged, and I'm the, but I think it is right for us to admit everything isn't perfect in the world. But God knows how to fix broken things, and Jesus Christ came for the broken. And if you're a person who has broken things in your world, I encourage you to give your attention to God this morning and look for the key that will cause your life to begin to move forward in a brand new way. Because that's really why I'm here. I have a place to preach, and I have people that love me. I'm here today to talk to you about how your life can change and move in a brand new direction through the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's look at Ezekiel chapter 37, the first uh, 14 verses. We're going to have that up on the, on the uh, board for you, and uh, you can follow along in your, in your Bible. I'm going to read to you from the New King James Version. Let's listen to the word of the Lord. Ezekiel says, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord. And he set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Don't miss this, church. The Lord is telling him, prophesy to the problem. Prophesy to the broken, dry thing. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover your skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, say that with me, as I prophesied prophesied. It wasn't that he prophesied and then something happened afterwards. It happened as he prophesied. There's a link, a connection. 
As I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling, and the bones did what? They came together bone to bone. Let me just stop right there and just let me prophesy to you. Something is ready to come together in your world. You've got something going on over here. This situation over there, you don't understand, and that doesn't make sense. You've got a little piece of the story over here, and you've got this blessing here and this question over here, but God is about to enter into your world and cause the disconnected, broken things to suddenly start coming together. You have tried. You have struggled. You have sweated. You've put your back into it. You've grown frustrated and weary, and you are exhausted and discouraged, and God says, now are you ready for me to do something? When you are at a place where only God can fix it, the simplest act of obedience, prophesy to it. Stop sweating. Stop exerting. Stop trying to control it. Stop trying to make it happen in your own strength. Just talk to it. Let the word of God fill your mouth and speak to it and watch things begin to come together that you could never orchestrate. God is able. So he says, as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over. In other words, life is developing. Something's forming. But there was no breath in them. And so what's the answer? He said to me, prophesy to the breath. You see, every time you need something New to happen. Every time you need to go to the next level, the Lord says, speak right into it. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and what happened? Breath came into them, and they lived. And they stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. How do you get from a valley of dry bones to a mighty marching army? It's called the power of the Holy Spirit. It's called prophesy to your broken places. And it goes on. He said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our, our bones are dry. Our hope is lost. And we ourselves are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And you will know the Lord, that I am the Lord. And when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves, I'll put my spirit in you. I'll put my spirit in you and you will live and I'll place you in your own land. And then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and performed it. As I read that to you and as we saw that together, I hope you noticed that the real results for Ezekiel came from the power of the Holy Spirit. Because, you see, this is not just the story of a prophet displaced from Jerusalem. This is not just the story of a people carried off into captivity into a foreign land and how God wanted to talk to them and bring them back into their own country and form them into a nation again after a long period of exile. This is the story of how the Holy Spirit enters into the broken places of our life when we are absolutely without hope, when only a miracle could work and the Holy Spirit comes in 
The breath enters in and things start to come together under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And the same Holy Spirit that is pictured in this story is present and available in your life today, right now. The same Holy Spirit that inspired these words to be written is speaking to you today about the broken places of your life. And he is saying to you, prophesy into your need. Begin to say what I say. Let me give you a picture of what I want to do. And if you will stand up and prophesy to your future, stand up and prophesy to your prodigal son, stand up and prophesy to the broken, dry places, stand up and prophesy to your pocketbook, if you will speak the word of God into your circumstance, the Holy Spirit's power will be released in a brand new way, and things will start to come together. This morning, I'd like to talk for a few minutes and just share with you four simple ideas about how God begins to move in the broken places of our life. How does he do it? How does he bring us from a graveyard to a mighty army marching? He does four things. Number one, first, he reveals our brokenness. What he said to Ezekiel is he showed him this vast valley of dry bones. It's really a, it's actually a pretty grotesque picture. Nobody wants to look at bones. Nobody wants to see disconnection. It's a picture of death. It's like God is saying, I want you to look very carefully at the problem. And we live in a culture today that we don't like to look at the problems. We like to whistle past the graveyards of our pain. We come to church, and people say to us, how you doing? We say, oh, just fine, fantastic. You liar. It is not fine, but you feel like, well, you shouldn't really, especially in church, you shouldn't, you shouldn't say the problem. It seems like that's not real faith. But you know what? Here's what I've learned about God. God's not afraid for you to look directly at your marriage. He's not afraid for you to look directly at your finances or where your nation is or where your city is or where your family. He wants you to look right at it. Denial is a, is a thing that will trip us up. There really is no place for denial in our Christian faith. We are people of truth, not people that pretend. We can look at the pain. We can look at the immorality. We can look at the division. We can look at the drifting. We can look at the deceit. And God says, look at it. And we want to turn away and we say, Lord, show me something different. Show me like rainbows and butterflies. Don't you have anything like that? Can't you show me some pink puffy clouds of hope and happiness? I'm trying not to look at the problem. And God is telling Ezekiel, do you see this? I want to walk you up and down through this valley, and I want you to really take it in because there's a problem here. And it is something so encouraging to know and understand that God sees exactly what's going on, and he is comfortable with us looking at it as well because I've learned one thing about God, and that is that God wants us to see the brokenness so that we can start looking for a miracle. You know, the only problem with denial is it doesn't bring you into a miracle. When you deny there's a problem, you lose your opportunity for the Holy Spirit to get involved. Because as long as you say, no, everything's fine in my marriage, everything's fine with my kids, 
You know, denial, here's a great example of denial. What, what is denial? Your, your 14-year-old comes up to you with red eyes. He smells like a funny odor. And you say to him, have you been smoking pot? And he says, no, mama, I would never do that. I've been with my friends having a prayer meeting. And you say to yourself, that is exactly what I wanted to hear. I'm so glad. I believe him. And it's like you turn off your common sense so that you can believe something that is preferred. And you know what? People do that all the time, but God doesn't do it. He wants us to look square at the problem. And as long as we're in a place called denial, we can't have a miracle because actually we don't need a miracle if there isn't a problem. But one of the things the Holy Spirit will do is he will strip away all of our excuses and all of our denial. He'll get us looking exactly at the problem. And you know what? Sometimes that will wreck you. If you really look at what's going on in our country, if you really take a hard look at what's happening maybe in your family or in your world, but that sets you up for the miracle power of God to really understand, look, only a miracle can save me now. And when you get to that place of desperation, you're able. And that's where the grace flows. Don't you understand? Grace doesn't flow because you don't need it. Grace flows because you need it. We think, well, if I talk about the problem or acknowledge the problem, then it'll, it'll stunt the power of God. Actually, when you look directly at the problem, it releases the power of God. Jesus said to the man with the withered hand, stretch it out to me. Show me what you're hiding there under your coat. Get it out there where everybody can see it. When you're in a place where you absolutely need a miracle, that's where the grace of God will flow. The Bible says this in Romans 5 that when law came into the picture, sin grew and grew. But wherever sin grew and spread, watch this, God's grace was there in fuller, greater measure. King James says where sin abounded, grace did all the more abound, right? So we say, well, it's a problem, so we better, we better deny the problem and size it down to a God size. You don't need to size anything down to a God size. Let the problem be as big as it needs to be. Grace will always be greater. Let the failure be as big as it needs to be. Whatever it is, it is. And God's grace is greater than that. The worst moment of your life could not possibly exhaust the grace of God. There's something about grace that just multiplies. The harder things get and the worse it gets. And you know what? We're, if this is true, and I believe it is true, then America is about ready for a tidal wave of God's grace. We're about ready for an awakening like you cannot believe. What would happen if we actually looked at where we're at as a country? It would wreck us, and then the grace of God would come. Don't whistle past the graveyard. God is ready to do a great work in our world. And I know what's happening with ISIS. And I understand everything that's going on in, in our political system in Washington, D.C. And uh, Look, I'm from California. I understand about the brokenness of the family and the homosexual agenda. I know all about that. I live with it every day. But where sin abounds, grace does so much more abound. So I'm not afraid of anything the devil can serve up because my God is greater. And part of the problem today is 
We got, too, we got too small of a God. We got Christians so fearful, so locked up in the problem, they've never broken through to the grace. That grace is greater. Everyone say greater. God is greater. So let's get that in our system. In fact, this is what the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1, that Christ Jesus, who did it? Christ Jesus has broken the power of death, and he has brought life through the gospel. It is the testimony of every Christian. If you're sitting here today and you're saved, you say, I know the Lord and I'm, I'm a new creation in Christ, then it is your testimony. Here's your testimony. I was dead and now I'm alive. Through Christ Jesus, the power of death in my life has been broken and I have now entered into eternal life. You are a resurrection miracle right now. And so in Christ, you can do all things. You can't do anything in your own strength. Without him, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. But with me, you can do all things because the power of resurrection life lives on the inside of you. So if God can resurrect your life, how many think he could possibly resurrect your family? He could resurrect your finances. He can resurrect anything in your life that is broken. Prophesy to the broken places of your life, you will live. You will not fail. You will not be broken. You will not stay unhealed. You are a miracle in the making. That's your testimony. He reveals the brokenness. But then he does something else. The second thing he does is he asks us about our faith. When God wants to get us into a place of healing and, and miracle in our broken, brokenness, he asks us about our faith, and that's what he did with Ezekiel. He said, son of man, can these dry bones live? Here's a little something I want you to be aware of. God requires faith before he can heal the broken places of our lives. You look at the problem, and then the question comes from heaven, do you think this can change? Do you believe? And see, God is always looking for faith. He requires faith, and we need to believe for great things in our lives. We need to trust him. We need to never give up. We need to believe that he's going to do what he promised he would do. That there's a way to experience the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives where things actually change and our broken places start to come together. We need to believe for great things. But the problem is we have bad habits. A lot of us are negaholics. Anybody know what a negaholic is? Do you know a negaholic? A negaholic is a person that just has to have one more negative thought. They just can't help themselves. You show them the, the greatest opportunity, and they'll find the problem in it. They're always talking about the problem. They're a 24-7, seven-day-a-week, 365-day-a-year running commentary on what is wrong with the world. I mean, look at even our, our entertainment has become kind of like this. The most popular shows now are the critic shows, the ones where you buzz people off the stage. Those are the number one most popular shows. We like to boo for the person that misses the note. Everything in our culture is about noticing the problem, the problem with the Democrats, the problem with the Republicans, the problem with Washington, D.C., the problem with the family, the problem with the right, the problem with the left, the problem with black folk, the problem with white folk. Everybody is focused on the problem. That's called negaholism. 
Now, God says, I want you to look at the problem, but I want to talk to you about your belief. Because your life doesn't change when you complain. Your life doesn't change when you cry. Now, look, if you need to cry, go ahead and cry. But that isn't going to change your life. What's going to change your life is faith. It's believing and understanding what God says about your circumstance and trusting in him. It's all a matter of your perspective. It's all a matter of what you believe can happen. You know, I'm from San Jose, California, as Pastor John mentioned, and recently we were, the the statistics have revealed, and it was announced that San Jose, San Francisco, Oakland area, the place where I live, is number one. We're number one. We are number one, the number one most de-churched region in America. In other words, there is no place in the United States of America with less people going to church than where I live and pastor a church. Now, do you think I'm discouraged about that? No, because our church is growing and we're touching our city and God is doing great things and we're not, we're not struggling because I, it's a matter of perspective. It's like the old uh, uh, story that you may have heard before about, you know, in England when the Industrial Revolution took place and people realized they could mass produce uh, clothing and shoes and so forth. They got together and they said, now we can, we can meet the needs, uh, for example, in the shoe industry. We can sell millions of pairs of shoes. So we need to expand out here and fill these orders. So they sent a, a team of salespeople to Africa. True story. And they didn't hear anything back for weeks. Finally, they got a cable coming home, totally discouraged. No one in Africa wears shoes. So they sent another sales team in. This time they were staffed and led differently. And they didn't hear for a few weeks, and they cabled, and they finally said, what's going on? Give us a report. We can't wait to hear what's going on. And the head of the team said, this is fantastic. Nobody in Africa has shoes. In other words, it's a wide open market. What I'm telling you is sometimes you've got to flip your problem around and look at it through God's eyes. Nobody here wants shoes or everybody here needs shoes. How are you going to look at it? Where I live, I say, praise the Lord. I live in an area where nobody knows the Lord. What an awesome opportunity. I don't have to get on a plane to find people that don't know the Lord. I'm living in the midst of them. How are you looking at your problem and what do you believe can happen through God's power? Do you believe that God can fix the broken places of your life. How many do? I do. I believe he's able. My God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. Jesus said nothing shall be impossible. It can happen in your world. It can happen in your life. So he reveals our brokenness. Then he talks to us about our faith. But then, this is interesting. If you want a miracle, please pay attention. He gets us up on our feet. That's the third thing. Now, to understand what I'm saying here, we have to go back to the story of Ezekiel. In chapter 1, for example, there's an experience there, and we've got these verses for you. At the end of chapter 1, going into chapter 2, Ezekiel says this, I fell on my face, and so would you if, if God dealt with you the way he did with Ezekiel. 
He said, I fell down on my face. Now he's face down. He said, and I heard the voice of one speaking, and he said to me, son of man, stay on your face because that is proper. Is that what he says? What did he say? He said, get up. He said, get up on your feet, son. I want to talk to you. I want to do something about what you see here. And so the Holy Spirit came, it says, and set me up on my feet. Now, if you will oblige me, please, kindly. I know you probably, your pastor is so kind to you, he would never ask you to do this. But I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet right now. Just as a prof- I know you're cozy and you got your Bible and your pen and your coffee and everything. But I want you prophetically to stand on your feet as I talk to you. Because you're no longer a person that should be sitting down. You say, but Pastor David, you don't know. I've been through hell in my life. I'm just taking a break. I've had so many disappointments. I've just stepped back for the time being. I've sat down, and I'm going to let somebody else do it. But you don't realize that you have forfeited the power of God in your life. God wants you on your feet. Now, as I said to you, look, I know if you've been through a broken experience in your family, if you've come through a divorce or a bankruptcy or some sickness has shot through your world and it's a disaster, I'm not a person that would say, don't cry. I'm actually a person, I'll cry and I'll say, I'll say to you, go ahead and have a good cry. But when you're done crying, you better get up on your feet. Because a miracle does not come to you when you're sitting down. Jesus said to the man, pick up your bed and walk. You don't understand. I lost my job and I can't find another job. Get up on your feet. You've been down long enough. This is a clarion call to you in your life as you're standing here, and I'm aware that you're still standing. I haven't forgotten. This is a clarion call for you. It's time to put one foot in front of another. It's time for you to stop living as a broken person. You are not a broken person. You are a whole person living in a broken world. You are a miracle ready to happen. And God wants to talk to you. Now go ahead and sit just for a minute. And let's continue on. We're on this third point. Look at chapter 3. Look at this. If that had happened just one time, it would be interesting, noteworthy. But it happens again in chapter 3 where it says, I fell on my face, verse 23 and 24. Then the Spirit of the Lord entered me. The Holy Spirit came into my life. And he did what? He told me, just stay on a break and let me just... Let me just soak you for a minute. Is that what he said? No, the Spirit entered into me and set me on my feet and spoke to me. God will do for you in your broken place what he did for Ezekiel in Babylon. Ezekiel's overwhelmed. It's it's his instinct to fall down. It's his instinct to just say, oh, my God, I'm seeing this valley of dry bones. I'm overwhelmed. And he just goes face down. But God doesn't say, that's good, son. You stay face down while I do this. He says, I want you up on your feet. Because you can't walk in power 
unless you are on your feet. That's what Jesus said to that man, rise, take up your bed, and start walking. Because the miracle is in the rising and in the walking. And that's exactly, this pattern continues. We already read it. Maybe you didn't notice it. But in chapter 37 where we started, you saw these words. So I prophesied as he commanded, and breath came into them, and they lived, and they what? Stood up on their feet like an army. And I prophesy to you that God is not leaving you to sit and do nothing. God is raising up an army in Texarkana, Texas. He is raising up an army, a connected army, a family, a people that know how to cry, and they know how to war, and they know how to pray, and they know how to walk. And even when they're weary, when they wait on the Lord, they will rise to their feet. They will soar and mount up like with the wings of an eagle. They will walk and not be weary. They shall run and not faint because of the Spirit of God. It's too soon for you to quit. It's too soon for you to retire. It's too soon for you to pick out your rocking chair. It's too soon for you to say, I'm a cripple. I'm a man. I'm a woman. I'm an old person. I'm a white person. I'm a black person. I'm, a wo- I'm this. I'm that. It's too soon for you to give up on yourself. God hasn't given up on you. Stand up. You've done enough crying. You've done enough complaining. Now God has a great purpose, and he is about to do his greatest work in your life. And I'll tell you what else I believe. I believe God is about to do his greatest work in this church. You you haven't seen yet what God is going to do in this place. You haven't even conceived of it. You've got plans and dreams and things you've talked about and put in brochures, but there's a whole other set of things that God is going to do that is exceeding abundant above all that you ask or think. Because a mighty army is rising up, and you're a part of it. So get up on your feet. The last thing I'm going to say before we pray is this. Somebody said to me, (laughs) are you sure you're a canist, Tracy? I said, why would you ask? He said, because you're ending on time. I said, I think I know what you're talking about. All right. So let me go quickly to the last thing, and that's what I've been saying to you all along. He commands us to prophesy. title of this message is Prophesy to Your Broken Places. God said to Ezekiel, prophesy and talk to it. He could easily have said to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, sit down and watch what I do. But he says to Ezekiel, get up on your your feet and talk to it. This is exactly what Jesus was saying to us. You say, well, what does it mean to prophesy? Jesus said this. He said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you'll be able to talk to this mountain and tell it to be removed and cast into the sea. And if you believe it with your heart and you have no doubt, it will be done for you, exactly as you say. There is something powerful that happens when you say it. I know you love your children, but something powerful happens when you say to them, I love you. You didn't, if you're married today, you didn't get married by holding your silence. You said the words, I do. And when you said those words, something was released. And when you speak what God has shown you, when you look at America or you look at your city 
And you see the dry bones, but you say you will live and you will not die and you will be filled and you shall know that God. And you say to Texarkana, you shall know that there is a God in heaven. You drive the streets of this city and you see the corruption and the prostitution and the crime. You can see it, but you're going to talk to it. And I'll close with this story. My beautiful wife, we just celebrated 34 years together. We're in our 35th year. 25 of the happiest years of my life. No, I'm just kidding. She had the worst year last year physically. She was in incredible pain. It's a long story, and I just want to close this way by saying she was in tremendous pain, and I spoke to her esophagus. Now, I'm about the most normal person you're ever going to meet. I'm not flaky. I'm not weird. I know you think I am because I'm from California. But I just got desperate. She was in tears every day for months. It hurt when she ate. It hurt when she didn't eat. She couldn't sleep at night. She'd wake up in tears. And the doctors didn't know what to do. Nobody had an answer. But I believe what I'm preaching to you right now. And the Lord said to me, prophesy to that thing. Talk to it. And like a weirdo, I put my face right up to her chest bone. And I said, now you listen to me, esophagus. You're not going to be sick anymore. Christ Jesus has broken the power of death and disease, and you're going to be healed. And I'm telling you, be whole in Jesus' name. And I said to Kathy, receive your healing right now. Long story short, within three days, she was utterly, perfectly, totally healed. We canceled every, canceled every medical test and... We got on with the business of being whole. I am telling you, I've come from California to give you this message. If you are in a place of brokenness, prophesy. Talk to your mountain and watch the power of the Holy Spirit enter into your circumstance. Let's stand to our feet. I want to pray for you as Pastor John comes. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing in this house. I thank you, Lord, for the mighty power of the Holy Spirit and how you've changed my life. You changed my whole world because of your power. I was a dry bone. I was a broken person. And you raised me up from the dead, Lord. And you have been raising up my, my circumstances ever since then. And Lord, I'm standing in the midst of a people that aren't perfect. They don't have perfect families or perfect lives or perfect jobs. There's broken things, Lord. There's things that are wrong in their world. But, Father, I believe you're going to do a brand new thing. And I believe even as we rise prophetically today with a new faith in our heart and a new boldness in our spirit that, God, you are going to cause armies to march in this place, Lord. You're going to take us from death and brokenness and dryness to power through the mighty, through the mighty name of Jesus. And, Lord, right now, for every sickness, we prophesy healing. And for every financial need. We prophesy the abundant provision of Jesus Christ. For every broken heart, we declare that he is a restorer. For every lost dream, we declare that he causes all things to work together for good. Lord, let a spirit of resurrection life fill our hearts right now in Jesus' name. Now, just as Pastor John comes, I want you to lift your hands and begin to thank God for his power. Come on, let's thank God for his power right now in Jesus' name. Thank God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank God. 
thank God. Thank God. I just want you to just pray, Holy Spirit, seal what I heard in my life. I don't want to be like the parable of the sower where the birds come and steal away the word. But Lord, I want you to remind me of this, Lord, when I face my dark moments. Let it grow down deeply and let it pick roots. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody give the Lord a good hand today. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor David. How many believe this? Did this really help you today? This is good today. We're going we're gonna to close with an opportunity for personal prayer and a song and then dismiss. Here's what I believe the Lord spoke to me about what he just said. This awakened something in some of us that have just decided that, well, I guess it's never going to change. My spouse is never going to change. My situation's never going to change. My kids are never going to change. And, and, and it's awakened something. If that's you, we want to lay our hands on you and pray for you. Because I want to pray that it doesn't go back to sleep. Because when you leave this world, you may face the same circumstances. Though your faith was here, come on, now it's here. We want to pray that you're able to go forwards and not down. So I'm going to ask our prayer team if they'll slip out of, the off, out of their chairs and come to the front. When we sing this song, I'm going to invite anyone that wants prayer to come. But particularly you that are here, that there is a big issue, a deep issue. You just felt that God has kind of forgot about it and you're just going to have to live with it for the rest of your life. We want to lay our hands on you and pray for you that this word is going to grow and it's going to bear fruit in your life. We also want to pray today if you're here and you say, Pastor John, what I need today is a real relationship with God. I don't know God. I don't know if I died today, if I'd go to heaven or hell, but I want to give my heart to Christ today. I'm tired of the way that I've been living. I'm ready to start living for Christ today. If that's you, I want to particularly invite you to come because the Lord Jesus can give you the life you've always dreamed of living. Praise the Lord. The last thing is they close in this song. I'm going to encourage you to do what we do when we always have a guest speaker. We endeavor to remember the scripture in Corinthians where Paul that says that those that preach the gospel live from the gospel. And I always give an opportunity to sow into uh, with an offering, whether it's a missionary or a pastor, someone that's serving the Lord, because it's a participation in the kingdom of God and the advancement of the gospel. And if that resonates with you, I'll just leave my Bible on stage. You can bring something, put it on the Bible, ushers at the back door, use the debit cards, and uh, just uh, write Pastor David on it. But we want to bless him for uh, being with us and the expenses he might have had. Didn't you do a great job this morning? Give one more big hand. We appreciate you very, very much. And look, they're going to begin to sing. And if you need prayer, you come and let us pray for you today. It could be that the greatest part of the service is about to happen for you. You come, let us pray today. I love you very much. Don't forget, if you're new, stop by the Connect room. They'll talk to you about the Connect class. Give you a gift bag. Give you a chance to connect. Come, let us pray for you. Go. And I've seen many searching for answers far and wide over I know we're all searching for
my prayer team, they're going to remain around front, and they'll be happy to pray with you about anything going on in your life this morning. And don't leave without letting somebody pray if you need it. But if not, hey, feel free to be dismissed. And we look so forward to seeing you next week. God bless you. Hope you have a great week.